A few weeks back, uh, Brian Hopkins, our lead pastor, asked uh, Michelle Oakland if uh, she would prepare a message especially for today, for Mother's Day. And so uh, she's done that. And if you don't know Michelle, she's on staff here at Journey. She uh, watches over our uh, women's department. She's uh, uh, one of our main disciplers. Uh, She's a a prayer warrior. And uh, the most important thing is she dresses me. And so she's my wife, and uh, it goes something like this. I usually go, how's this look? And she says, are you going to see anybody today? Uh, And then I go back in my closet and start over. So anyway, uh, would you please welcome Michelle Oakland to the stage? Thanks, honey. Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Happy Mother's Day. I'm going to start out today talking about moms. I believe moms have the hardest, most valuable, but least paying job in the entire world. Moms, can I get an amen? (laughs) Motherhood is undervalued, not just by the world, but sometimes by you, the mother herself. That needs to change. If you're a mom, you need to start feeling confident, if you don't already, in the fact that God chose you for an amazing task here on earth. God does not make mistakes nor does he give us assignments that we can't handle or trust us with that. In fact, scripture tells us just that. For those of you who have lost a child or are still waiting to become a mother, I acknowledge your pain and suffering, and God wants to meet you in that suffering. For those of us who have lost our moms, remember with thanksgiving all the joys that she brought to your life. Now, about those like myself, who have not adopted or given birth to a child, do we still play a mother role in our lives somewhere? I say yes. I think everyone over a certain age is a mom to someone or something. I am a mom right now to my dog, Bo. I love being a mom to him. No, in no way can I compare that being a mom to my dog is like being a mom to a child. I wouldn't dare. But in the past 11 years, I have been a spiritual mom to many girls, and John and I play a small role in that mentor capacity. I would also not or could not compare that to being a parent 24 hours a day, year after year. But I will say, somehow, we all mother someone. Thank you to everyone who plays that role. Remember that God chose you specifically for that unique experience. Be content with knowing that you are playing the most valuable role on the planet. With the rest of the time I have today, I wanted to talk to you about being authentic and celebrating you for the person that you are. I want to share with you something I am in the middle of discovering. Well, to be honest, I am smack dab in the center of a crisis that I think could possibly be due to the lack of self-care. What you might need to know is that five years ago, my mom was diagnosed with cancer. I was with her when she found out, and I listened as the doctor told us about the three three three-by-four tumors that were inside of her. Later, they discovered that she had ovarian cancer, and they gave her a very short time to live. That began a a four-and-a-half-year travel experience with me in the end, with my family, literally watching my mom starve to death. She did not eat for 40 days and did not drink anything for almost a week. 
Words have yet to come to me to explain the horror of the smell and the sight of death. In the middle of that experience, I was struggling with stomach issues for about nine months. Finally, through some tests, we found a tumor on my ovary. Due to my mom's ovarian cancer, the doctors took it out immediately. That surgery quickly threw me into postmenopause. Yes, and that sermon I'm going to save for another day. <laughs> Shortly after that recovery, on December 29th of 2009, I got a migraine that lasted 70 days. When the migraines faded to bad headaches, I began a round of doctor visits and numerous tests that went on for months. I was put on over 25 different medications during this time. This was so grueling and so taxing not to be able to figure out what was going on. That pain lasted over 16 months, 24 hours a day. I had around 10 days of relief during that entire time. I've started to feel better just in the last two weeks. If you have been blessed to never live with chronic pain, praise God for that. Because chronic pain is like hitting your finger with a hammer, but the pain never goes away. Pinch yourself as hard as you can until you can't take it anymore, and then imagine that never going away. Pain can make you crazy. It can drag you into depression. It changes who you are and who you long to be. This was by far the most difficult time that I've had since surrendering my life to Christ. I believe to survive this ordeal, I subconsciously decided to dismiss the physical pressure I was under and just push forward. I denied what was going on inside of me. I also believe that this in turn affected me emotionally, physically, and spiritually in negative ways that I am still unraveling. Living from my head without involving my heart left me numb, indifferent, and almost robotic. If I were truly to take a look at what's going on in my life and the life of my family and the stress for my job, all the pain would have stopped me in my tracks and I would have needed someone to take care of me. But in order for others to help us, we need to admit and receive help. Since meeting Christ 11 years ago, I wanted to be done with life being about me. Recently, I think that has backfired. So, why would anyone want to shut their heart off from feeling anything? Maybe we shut our heart off from a death in the pain of losing someone we love. Maybe we are in a difficult marriage, and the only way to stay is to not feel anymore. Maybe someone has wronged us, and in the bitterness, we decide it's too hard to experience the pain of relationships, so we detach. Maybe, like me, you've never learned to process correctly and work through your feelings in a healthy way, so you skip them. But I believe God had every intention for us to feel everything we experience and trust him to help us deal with them. Did you know that the biblical definition of heart is the vital center of one's being? Are your head and heart connected? There is a price to pay when we shut our heart off because not only do we shut off the bad, we shut out all the good. What type of life is that? As you have heard, pain was the catalyst to me shutting down. Did something different lead you there? Maybe you can't relate to shutting down, but maybe you go off all the time, on yourself and others. For the same reason, we are off balance. 
One thing about the world is, when you look okay, the world assumes you are okay. What I looked like on the outside was no match to the war going on inside of me. If I had been able to listen to the pain, it would have possibly been down for months. Instead, I chose to deny what was happening, and I tried to fool the world and myself. In the end, what I was doing was not being real. I was, I was not trusting God with what I was going through. Now, after all of this, I'm finally beginning to feel again, and my emotions are matching up with what is exactly going on in my life. My heart is connecting to my head. I'm feeling frustrated again and sad, but I also feel alive again, which has allowed me to experience hope and joy. I'm even looking forward to things again. I feel like I've been in a cage and I just got set free. We need to thank Jesus for this freedom, and we need to treat ourselves the way Christ intended us to, just like he tells us in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You were not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. So, how does all this line up with the boss of my life, Jesus? Well, in my preparing for this talk, I landed on a scripture that we're all very familiar with. Whether you have a personal relationship with Jesus or not, you may know this one. Love your neighbor as yourself. But this time reading it, God revealed something new to me. So what does God mean by this? I asked someone, women, some women what they thought God was referring to when he said, love your neighbor as yourself. And they all said the same thing. Watch this. It was selfish. Maybe that was selfish. I think he meant we're selfish. I think he knows we're selfish. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I think different. Although I think God intended, intended us to learn a few things from this scripture, what was revealed to me on that day was that God, my creator, expected that I would already love myself. It's a gimme. I don't know about you, but I love my neighbor in ways I don't even come close to loving myself. What if God assumed we would truly love ourselves to begin with? Does it mean then that to care for ourselves is okay? Could it mean that when we betray the way God has wired us to be consistently, that it grieves him? Might it actually be all right with God if we considered ourselves sometimes without feeling guilty? A while after I became a Christ follower, I made a pact with the Lord that I would live for only him and others. I was glad to leave my selfish self in the dust. I began to take every thought captive to Christ. So captive, in fact, that I forgot who I was and how God created me to be. As you know now, this led me to deep pain and finally a depression that left me no choice but to make some changes in my life. I pray this will help you as we meet right in the middle of my crisis. Gentlemen, please think about the way that you could lead the women in your lives to do this for themselves. I believe if they could, everyone around them would truly benefit. They need your support to make this easier to becoming a reality. The steps you're about to hear are the first reason outside of knowing Christ that I've, I have felt hope in the last two years. Maybe you are someone who has this already figured out. 
A few years ago, I would have never dreamt about speaking on taking care of ourselves. Four years ago, I began to figure out what fills me up, so let's start there. Do you have any ideas on what fills you up? Colossians 3.23 tells us that whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not men. If you're not familiar with activities that light you up inside, I want to encourage you to begin that discovery and work at it with all your heart for you and the Lord. I believe it's vital for living the way God wired us to be. At first, I thought it was selfish, and like I said, I just wanted to live for Jesus and for others. But I recently realized it's not working for me to bury the desires God has placed on my heart. I cannot be genuine if I am constantly sabotaging these desires. My friend Derry Long calls it betraying myself. Do any of you do this, deny or sabotage the things you want all the time for the sake of others? At some level, it can sound sacrificial or godly, even holy. I am beginning to beg to differ. It has begun to feel burdensome and wrong, fake and phony. Again, I ask, do we know what we enjoy? Write that in your journals, ladies. What do you enjoy? Do we even know what that means? If so, great job. Let's make sure that we're doing them. If not, please spend some time after today experimenting on what brings you joy and what you look forward to. What makes us smile? What brings us peace inside? What emotionally energizes us? And what do we do that when we are done, we want to do it over and over again? Sometimes it can be huge things that can only happen once in a lifetime or once a year, like a warm vacation. But that is not what I'm talking about today. I'm not even talking about exercising or the things that we need to be in good health, keep us in good health. I am mostly talking about things that bring us joy that we can do on a regular basis, like skiing or making jewelry or writing. Maybe our heart's desire is painting. We could take an art class. Maybe we don't have any idea what we love to do. If not, I have enclosed a list in your journal that will help us on our search. I want to encourage us to do some things maybe that we have never even tried before. Then, let's examine the activities that we are doing that actually drain us or bring no purpose to our life at all and how much time we waste doing those things, like watching TV or cleaning a clean house. How about the time we can, not always, but can waste on the web or Facebook? The other day, my Bible opened to Proverbs 4.23. I already had it underlined, so my eye went straight to it. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. The commentary in the NIV Bible says, Our heart, our feelings of love and desire, dictates to a great extent how we live because we will always find time to do what we enjoy. It then says, Solomon tells us to guard our heart above all else, making sure we concentrate on those desires that will keep us on the right path. My jaw dropped when I read this. Did God expect us to do what brings us joy when it lines up with his standards? Please remember, I am not talking about someone who does every single thing they want to do when they want to do it. This is all about balance and finding the unique way God has wired us to be filled up inside our spirit and finding time to honor God in doing those activities. 
A small part of life needs to be about us and the way Jesus wants to enjoy you and I having fun. You will be, I will be, so much more able to love our neighbor if we start out by loving ourselves. During that time that we are finding out what activities bring us the most joy, the second part of the puzzle is to make sure we process. So you can write that one in your journal too, process. And if you are a woman, I can almost guarantee it. By process, I mean to share out loud with another person what is going on inside your head and your heart. This is vital. Another strange way I betrayed myself was with no fault but my own, I gave up processing. I actually thought I could honor John and make life easier on him if I didn't process with him. I am fairly certain that this is every man's dream. Do you know that John's idea of processing is a decision between Mexican or Chinese? (laughs) But even though there were only a few times a month I did get to talk things out, it was not enough for the way God wired me to be. So whether I like it or not, I'm only going to find my authentic self, the person God created me to be, if I learn to think and process out loud the thoughts that I'm having. At the same time, I have to get used to feeling again and learning what to do with these feelings. If I am sad, I need to honor that within reason. If I am mad, I need to work with that. Literally, I went two years without feeling a thing. At some level, I enjoyed that. I was so predictable. But eventually, I began to die inside. I now need to teach myself to stop and think and slowly walk through whatever emotions should be going on at the time. I know God will walk us through these things and guide us to have healthy responses. You know, I wasn't sure if anyone was even going to be able to relate to this, but in talking to women lately, I think there are a lot of us who deny who we are and what we like to do. We just press on without stopping. I totally underreacted. The opposite of this would be to to overreact all the time. We need to find the balance. I want to take time to thank God for healing me up to this point and the numerous folks that prayed over me and for me throughout the whole time I suffered. I truly want all of us to celebrate the way God wired us to be, but I found I couldn't do it alone. I needed help. What kind of help do you need to make this happen? Maybe you just need to open up to your husband or a good friend. Maybe you need to see a counselor to help you sort it out. Thankfully, it is one of the many avenues I find myself opening up to. Something I thought I might never need or ever do was cutting my work in half. I was getting healing massages. I took an art and seat class here at Journey to stop and create with the Lord. Taking deep breaths, getting exercise, going off most of my medicines, turning off the TV long enough to hear what God wants to say to me. Learning to rest and just be. This was torture for me. It took me well over three weeks to enjoy any of it. It felt selfish and it felt awful. I have learned to know pain far more than I recognize joy. And now after all of that, I have to wrestle with feeling guilty for feeling good. With all the suffering in the world and the pain that comes through my office... It's hard for me to be comfortable feeling good. 
And I believe that is sabotaging God's grace. During that time, I also began to do some Rafa work. Rafa is a ministry offered through Journey that helps you heal from past wounds and aids you in becoming authentic. They are having an introductory workshop here on June 11th, and I would encourage everyone to go. You can look for a brochure in the lobby on your way out. Okay, so either we know what we like to do, or we're going to spend the next few months finding out. After that, the third part of the puzzle is finding our voice. Write that in your journal. Finding our voice. Finding our voice means to express out loud our heart's desire about something. Sometimes that can go well, and other times that may rock the boat. This one is proving to be even more difficult for me. I unfortunately taught myself it was easier to settle in on others' needs than to have any of my own. We have to find the balance if we want to be healthy. Once we find out what we like, and I believe we need to process with others to do this, can we dare to proclaim it? First to ourselves, and then to those we love. Can we tell the people in our life, the folks we need to help us make this happen? Whether it's our spouse to watch the kids, or a friend if you're not married. Can we ask for help? Can we always speak up and say what it is that we want? Now some folks, they're too good at this, right? But I'm not talking about selfishness or getting our way. We might learn how to say what it is we desire, but we should not always expect to get our way or what we want. It will just feel great to know that we are being genuine, expressing the way God has wired us to feel about certain things, good or bad, positive or negative. I am talking about being real, whether at home or at work, with friends or our family. Earlier, I spoke of sabotaging yourself, self-hate, self-loathing, or as Derry says, self-betrayal. I've become good at this. I do this in ways you might relate to. I can have a movie that I'm dying to see, and I will quickly abandon my choice for someone else's. I twisted this in my mind to think I was honoring the other person. Letting a friend choose is healthy. Letting them choose every single time, self-betrayal. I can also plan a day off for a whole month, and something will come up like a serving opportunity or a dinner with a couple that John and I enjoy. And I will quickly abandon the way God has wired me to need rest and alone time and say yes. Ultimately, I end up paying for it. And so does John. This is self-sabotage. Found out two years ago that I am an introvert. For those of you who don't know, an introvert is someone who gets drained from constant interaction with people. An extrovert gets rejuvenated spending time with folks. I am an introvert that led an extrovert's life. Do you know how confusing that has been? Finding out I am an introvert has helped aid me in this journey. I get filled up by being at home. I need some time alone, and I need a lot of downtime. There are ways to go online and find out if you are an introvert or an extrovert. It might be important for you to find out more about your personality so you can honor yourself in social situations. This is not selfish. It is real. It is how God has wired you to be. Women, raise your hands if you're good at saying no. Higher so we can see them. Okay, now, ladies, raise your hand if you say yes to almost everything. All right, you yeses need to find one of those noes. 
have coffee and find out their secret. I know this is church, but I'm about to say the B word. Boundaries. There, I said it. We have to figure out boundaries for ourselves to be successful in this quest to be the amazing, unique, and wonderful person God created us to be. Now, stop and imagine. Right now, I want us to imagine if we gave ourselves permission to seek out our fills as if it were a gift from God. Imagine what the tone in our home would be if we were full when the day started. Imagine how much more love we would be able to give others if we received that God expected us to love ourselves from the start. I ask how our lives would look different if we stopped betraying ourselves and started to, one, discover a few things that fill us up and leave us wanting for more of that activity. Two, what if we begin to process with others in whatever way we can to talk about the things going on inside of our heart? And finally, what if we find our voice and express out loud to others what we desire to go do and how we can make that happen? I found many avenues around here to help me heal. From having my quiet time with Christ every day, memorizing God's word continually, Rapha, Art and Seek, Counseling, I know that it sounds like it's been hard work, and it has, but it has been worth every minute. So whether you underreact to things, like myself, or overreact, there is a reason, and you need to work through it. Something isn't right. So I want to encourage you on your discovery of self-care. Also, I want to let you know that if you start saving now on September 16th through the 18th, there will be a women's retreat at Big Sky that will give us tools to discover how you can get filled up worshiping God in your everyday life. I will pray that you take the time. What a great Mother's Day present to yourself. Now, one thing I want to be clear on today is that I am am not in any way contradicting, contradicting the numerous parts of Scripture where it talks about dying to ourselves. I believe we all should work on dying to those parts of ourselves that drag us into sin. Today I'm encouraging you to love your neighbor to the best of your ability by making sure you are also taking care of yourself. In closing, celebrate you. Enjoy you. Let's take the time one hour a week, either discovering what fills our tank or if we do know, experiencing those fills. Then, let's add another hour a week. Spend two hours a week, at least, celebrating ourselves in those things that do it for us. Honor God by honoring you. With 168 hours a week, let's spend 1.2% of our week, that's two hours, 1.2% of our week, caring for just ourselves and see what happens. Say yes to you. Experience the joy God wants to gift us with by being genuine, being who God created us to be, being real. It will not only benefit you, but those around you. And finally, imagine how much better we can love our neighbor if we truly love ourselves. Please put your things aside, and I'm going to close this in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us and desiring for us to love ourselves. 
Thanks for wiring each of us so individually that we are unique to you and to those around us. Teach us to celebrate that uniqueness with joy and thanksgiving. I pray for those who are suffering from being disconnected and detached and for those who constantly overreact to situations. Help them in their discovery to self. Lead them through their personal journey to the exact avenues that will teach them to be real and to be authentic. Forgive us for not honoring that part of ourselves or abusing it if if and when we do. We love you, Lord. Please pour special blessings onto all our mothers today. In Jesus' name, amen.